morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast recording for July 26th, 2020. And on behalf of the team and I, I'd like to say, hey, thank you very much for listening and welcome. Please continue to share this with your friends and family. I have two announcements for us this morning. Uh, one of them is I'm asking you to pray. Pray for us as a session we're meeting this week. Uh, pray that your leaders ears would be big and mouths would be small and that God would continue to be praised and God would continue to lead us every step of the way. And then my second is praise God with me. Last night we had the children's ministry hosted a drive-in movie experience and uh, it was a blast. And praise God with me that it was so, so fun. And uh, thank you for all the hard work to the Allen family, to the Atkins family, to the Children's Ministry Committee. And uh, thank you all for showing up. Now, our call to worship comes from Psalm 119, verses 129 through 135. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression that I may obey your precepts, make your face shine on your servant, and teach me your decrees. Let us worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
seated. Good morning. I hope you all enjoyed our drive-in movie last night. Special thanks to the Atkins and Allens for helping us put up the screen and for all those in attendees. Today we're going to be talking about keys. And I have a lot of keys on my key ring. I have keys for my house, for the church, for my car. Keys are very important to us, aren't they? I have to take these keys with me wherever I go. They won't do me any good if they are laying on the dresser at home. And God has given us keys that we need to take with us each day. But you won't find them on a key ring. You'll find them in the Bible. They are keys to a happy life. How would you like to have a key that would open a door so that you would never worry about what you are doing, what you're going to go to eat, drink, or what you would wear? Well, you do. The Bible says, don't worry about what you eat or drink or what you will wear, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The key is to seek God first, not things. How would you like to have a key that would open the door to the future so that you would know what to do and what choices to make? Well, guess what? You have it. The Bible says, In all your ways, acknowledge God, and He will direct your path. The key is to always seek what God wants for your life, not what you want. How about a key that would open the door to anything, anything your heart desires? Mm-hmm, you got it. You have it. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The key is finding our happiness in God, not in things. Would you like to have a key that would open the door to a long and happy life? Once again, you have it. The Bible says, honor your father and mother so that you may live long and that it may go well with you. The key is for us to obey God. Obey God's law, and his law says, obey your parents. You see, God has given us the keys to happy life. It's up to us to use them. They are found in his word, and they won't do us much good laying on the coffee table at home. We need to take them with us wherever we go. Pray with me. Dear God, thank you for giving us the keys that open the doors that we face every day. Help us to remember that we need to read your word each day and use the keys that you have given to us. Amen. The grace of God overflows to each one of us through Christ Jesus our Lord who came into this world to save us. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin against God and neighbor. Merciful and loving God, We confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, 
to the glory of your name. Amen. The good news in Christ is that when we face ourselves in God with the awareness of our need, we are given grace to grow and courage to continue the journey. As far as the east is from the west, our Lord forgives us. Be at peace. When he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the ritz. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very close, and so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God. Sing it. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. When the sky was starless in the void of the night He spoke into the darkness and created the light Judgment and wrath he poured out on Sodom Mercy and grace he gave us at the cross I hope that you have not too quickly forgotten That our God is an awesome God Come on! Our God is an awesome God He reigns from heaven above With wisdom, power, and love Our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God He reigns from heaven above With wisdom, power, and love our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Lift your voices. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. When I was a student at Biola University, as a transfer student, I transferred in as a junior uh, from Fullerton College, and I, I took on the job of being a janitor at Biola University uh, to help pay for tuition. And my boss was Heather, and I remember one day we were cruising around, Heather and I were cruising around one of those golf carts because we... That was one of the best parts of that job is we got to drive around those golf carts all around campus. 
and uh, Heather pulled up to this wall, probably about six feet high, uh, 15 feet wide, and there was an entryway into, it was a brick wall, it was an entry, like a entryway to block the wind uh, into this, one of Viola, Viola's uh, larger buildings. And this particular uh, six by 15 wall was covered in poster putty. And uh, you know that stuff poster putty, it's like the, it's blue and it's some definitely not God made chemical <laughs> and the uh, substance. And it, years had gone by where people had put announcements or, um, Things they wanted on this wall using this poster putty. The posters were long gone, but this wall was absolutely covered in little remnants of this poster putty stuff. And she handed me a scraper and she handed me this spray bottle with what was some yellowish liquid. Um, it didn't work very well, just a side note. And she said, uh, go to it. Take this poster putty off this wall. And I remember I just stared at the wall for maybe two, three minutes. And I remember Heather was staring at me as I was staring at the wall. And I remember uh, she said, well, get to it. Start cleaning off the poster putty. And I turned and I looked at her and I said, I don't know where to begin. Um, I want that question to be rolling around in our minds this morning as we approach the text. Um, If you have read any newspapers and if you've watched any news on the television, these are very confusing times. It can be much like staring at a wall covered in poster putty and not knowing where to begin. And I think that's why we're in this series on the wisdom literature of of Solomon. And as we start this journey together, let's honestly look for some answers. I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, you want to you want to be a wiser person. You want to make wise decisions as we experience this unprecedented worldwide pandemic. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For learning about wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for gaining instruction in wise dealing, righteousness, justice, and equity, to teach shrewdness to the simple, knowledge and prudence to the young, Let the wise also hear and gain in learning. 
and the discerning acquire skill. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Verse 1. Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Um, If you haven't already listened to last week's podcast, uh, I highly suggest you do so. Um, It's just a good idea to to learn a little bit about an author before you read any of his or her words. But uh, cliff note version, these are the wise sayings of Solomon, the wisest man on earth. And then Solomon throws in another factor for uh, or a reason for us as the audience uh, to listen to his sayings. And that is, he's the son of David. David the giant slayer, David the psalmist, David the poet, David the mighty warrior, and then ultimately David the king. David, a man after God's own heart, that's our author's dad. And David, uh, when he ended his, when his life ended, he was the king of Israel and his as he passed on to the kingdom triumphant, he handed the keys to the kingdom of Israel to his son Solomon, our author. So these are the wise sayings of the wisest person on earth who was the son of a man after God's own heart and who is king of David. There's plenty of reasons to listen to what's about to be read. Next two verses, two and three, Solomon does one of my favorite things an author can do. He tells us why he's writing what we're about to read. And um, he's writing this so that we, you and I, could learn about wisdom. We learn about instruction. He's the wisest person on the face of the planet, and he's writing this to hand us wisdom, instruction, understanding words of insight, gaining instruction in wise dealing, righteousness, justice, and equity. You ever been in a room and everybody's talking way over your head? He's writing so that would st- that will stop happening. And then verses 4 through 7, he says to whom he's writing. He says, I'm writing to the simple. I want to teach the simple shrewdness. I'm writing to the young. I want to teach them knowledge and prudence. I'm writing to the wise, the old. I want them to gain in learning. They have stuff to learn from me. And I want them to acquire skills of discernment. I want the wise to understand a a proverb, a wise saying, and figure out the riddles of life. When I first was uh, serving as your pastor, I remember one Sunday, Carrie, our children's minister, um, 
giving the children's message, she took a knee and she was on eye level with all the students as they sat on the chancel stairs. That's what Solomon's doing in these three verses. He's locking eyes with us, the reader. He's connecting. Now, I have some teachers in the audience, correct? That's correct, right? Uh, PCC is known for having plenty of educators around. Um, Finish this sentence with me. The student doesn't care how much you know until he or she knows how much you care. Right? Everybody probably finished that one. You're not only the teachers. If you finish that one, text me or email me. Hey, I, I knew that. I knew that. Um, that's what Solomon is doing in verses 4 through 6. He's writing it to you and I, and he's connecting with us as his audience. And then we get to verse 7, and that's the only proverb in this first passage on Proverbs. And so he's been setting the stage, and I would like to set the stage for us. Um, before we dig into this proverb, um, I think we it'd be wise if we just pause for a second and tune our ears to listen to Proverbs. It's a different type of literature. It's It's not narrative. It's not law. It's not prophecy. It's its own... It's its own tune. And so we we have to calibrate. We have to calibrate our ears and remind ourselves of some things. And I'm going to lean heavily on this book, The Tree of Life, uh, by Roland Murphy. He's a professor at Duke. And uh, he says, the first, the first thing I want us to, to just kind of take in and breathe in as we prepare ourselves to... To look deeply at this proverb, Proverb one seven, um, we we must take note that in a world w- without our mass media, the power of the word reigns supreme. When our author Solomon, the wisest man on earth, son of David, was writing this, there were no televisions, radios, or any other distractions. The media wasn't around and so him being a wordsmith he reigns supreme and so that's a little bit about listening to Solomon Um, how do we listen to a proverb how do we tune our ears so that we um, what, what is a proverb a proverb has four characteristics, according to Roland Murphy. And uh, the first is it's, uh, it's assertive. You'll notice uh, it's almost abrasive. You know, it's, it's, in, your, it's in your lap. Um, where words reign supreme, Solomon crafts these words and puts them in the reader's face. It's confrontational almost. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's striking. It's, and, and it's, and it's beautiful if we train our ears to hear it. So, um, 
Second, Murphy says, um, it provides insight. Proverbs provide insight. I remember, um, I think I've told parts of this story. Uh, I was in Venezuela in 1992, and we had just landed, and we were going to spend six weeks in the Amazon jungle. And um, we were living in this shed that um, I, they'd recently cleared out. And um, anyway, there was a spider and a snake and all this stuff. But uh, we didn't know this, but at 9 o'clock at night, uh, the generator went off uh, every night. And this, so this is our first night. We, weren't, we, we had no idea. And I remember um, I, was, I happened to be luckily... Uh, sitting in because we slept in hammocks, so I was sitting in my hammock, and the, you hear this, and we're in this, we're in this, you know, tin hut under the canopy of the Amazon jungle. I, I, I'll give you multiple choice. It was really dark, or it's darker than I've ever seen. You know, A or B. B. It was darker than I've ever seen. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. It was so dark. But then Mike Miniachi from across the from across the way finds his flashlight and he turns his light on and I remember everything looked brighter than it ever had looked in in my life. Um Proverbs they open our eyes and they untwist crooked things and that we see things they provide insight uh, Proverbs are a reversal of expectations I I consistently want things to move faster and Proverbs continually slow me down I continually want to be the most popular or the most influential person. Proverbs remind me the character is way more important than, in, than how anyone sees you or I. And then one of my favorite truths about Proverbs, they're concise and they're brief. They're memorizable. They're, they're nuggets that just kind of stick. They're, they're, they're like, um, they're pieces of gold that you can just grab one of them and just chew on it for a while, you know, and, and let it transform you from the inside out. And now, I think we've, we've tuned our ears a little bit. Um, we're ready for the assertive nature of a, of a proverb. We're, we're waiting for our eyes to be opened. Um, we're expecting a reversal of our expectations. Uh, and I think and we're going to start with our first application. Let's memorize Proverbs 1-7. I think that's going to be a part of our series, especially when we're in Proverbs, um, pick out one of these and memorize it. 
Proverbs 1 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. John Goldengate has a really good translation of that first half of the verse 7. It says, He says, The first principle of knowledge is awe for Yahweh. Um, I In all the commentaries, it points out, uh, the truth is pointed out that Hebrew the Hebrew word for fear, um, the English, there's no equivalent. Um, we hear the word fear, the fear of the Lord. Why we want to be afraid of God? Um, <laughs> we think of horror films or like being scared or shocked or you know like somebody popping out of a corner and trying to make us afraid. Um, the Hebrew understanding of fear is deep respect. And like Golden Gate, Golden Gate says, an awe. Um, I remember the first time I saw the Grand Canyon. Um, I don't know if you have been there, but I just never experienced anything that big and that deep. And there was a fear, you know, there was a honest, like, a fear of like maybe it would draw me in or suck me in you know like maybe I'd get too close to fall to the edge but more than that it was a heightened sense of awe like um I think that's close to the Hebrew understanding and that's close that's what Solomon is calling us to in this proverb um back to the wall at Biola University where should I start, Heather? Heather says, start in the bottom left corner because it's kind of the most obscure and it's kind of the hardest to get to. But then as you work your way up, you'll find the victory will feed into the victory and it'll speed up as you start to move across the wall. And she nailed it because she had, she had done this on the other walls. Um, Solomon in this text looking at the the wall that is our media the the wall that is our current pandemic the wall that is the, our current mess that looks like a jumbled wire like tangled string that we need to unwind how do we move wisely into this future how do we handle all this information all this confusion and all this fear and all this anger and all this all kinds of stuff coming at us at a constant rate because of the current situation we're in how do we handle this where do we start lord where do we start solomon start with being in awe of god it's interesting i don't know if you've been around for me preaching at all but um i would i would venture to say that um probably seven out of the last uh but seven out of out of ten sermons since I've been called to be the head pastor of Presbyterian Church of the Covenant an application has been to worship and I think that's Solomon's beginning starting place for you and I. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You want to begin? Get on your knees and realize God's in charge. Be in awe of the God who created the universe. Be in awe of the, the Lord who keeps this earth rotating at the right speed, at the right distance from the sun, at the right distance from the moon. Be in awe of God how he keeps your heart beating without you even thinking about it. You and I want to become wise people. It starts with worshiping our creator, God. And then, like I said, like, like Murphy said, it's assertive, <laughs> you know, morons, fools, idiots, despise wisdom and instruction. Like, who, you know, like, this is where you start. You, where do you begin? This is where you start. You start with being in awe of God. And don't be stupid. <laughs> That's basically how he, he ends it. He says, you know, where do you start? You start with worshiping God and don't be stupid. Don't be a fool. Hunger. What's the opposite of despising wisdom and instruction? If you want to be wise, you hunger more for more wisdom. I talked about this last week, too. We have so many people that are so quick to answer, myself included. We have so few people wanting to be led, wanting to be learning, wanting to be molded. We got too many chiefs and not enough workers, right? We got too many people in charge and not enough worker bees, right? Where do you begin? Worship and humility. Worship and seeking. So just a review applications. One. Memorize. One seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs one seven. Write it down six or seven times. You should pretty much have memorized it. Write it on a in a card if you're having trouble with that. Write it on a note card or just a piece of paper. Carry that around with you until you've memorized it. Till you put it inside. Um, they're brief. They're concise. They're powerful. Application number two. Be like Solomon. Meet people on their level. It's interesting. Um, he's the wisest person on earth. And he f first shows his wisdom in saying, this is where we're going. And then he looks each of us in the eye and it's, this is to you. Be, be that clear. Be that wise. 
be like Solomon in that you define to anybody that's around you where you're headed and you meet people where they're at. And I think thirdly, Let's begin on the road of wisdom. Let's be in awe of God this week. Let's congratulate Him on His creation. Spend some time outside marveling at how beautiful the Pacific Ocean is. Or how beautiful a tree is. Or plants. If you have a garden. Praise God for each vegetable that comes up. Amen. As we continue in worship, let us not only be in awe of God but let's be in awe of God's provisions God's abundant life in which he's provided to us that can be found in Christ Jesus let's be in awe of the ways that God invites us into his adventure Let's return to God just a portion of that which He has so richly blessed us with. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Please send all gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628.
Surely the Lord is in this place. This is the house of the Lord. And we go now to the Lord in prayer. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayers. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love that our voices may speak your praise and our lives may conform to the image of your Son. Nourish us with your word and sacraments that we may faithfully minister in your name and witness to your love and grace to all the world. O God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Help us to live as one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. O great physician, as more and more cases of the coronavirus are diagnosed, we find that more and more of us are touched by it. We pray for those who have been exposed that they may not develop the disease. We pray for those who are ill with it, that through medical intervention and your healing touch, they may fully recover. And we pray for the families and friends who have lost loved ones to this disease. We pray for Carrie and Rob Scroggins as they grieve the loss of her Uncle David. We pray for the many caregivers who are working tirelessly with increasing numbers of patients. Give them strength and stamina to continue doing what they do and saving lives on a daily basis. Protect them. We pray that all people do what they can to slow the spread of this virus. We pray that medical experts are heeded as we all do our part. We pray for businesses that must keep reinventing ways to stay in business. And we pray for schools and the children as everyone seeks a workable solution for education in a safe manner. Sustain those among us who need your healing touch. Make the sick whole. Comfort those who mourn. Uphold all who suffer in body or mind, not only those we know and name and love, but those known only to you. Today we offer our prayers for Frank Ortiz, who is weakened by numerous TIA spells, and for Diane as she cares for him while undergoing medical tests herself. We pray for her and the test results to come. Sustain and support this family, we pray. We pray for all who are undergoing biopsies and must wait for answers. We lift up Doris Thompson as she now begins the recovery 
from her ankle surgery this week. Ease her pain and give her complete healing. Bring to each as they have need, that they may know the peace and joy of your supporting care. Almighty God, we thank you for planting in us the seed of your word. By your Holy Spirit, help us to receive it with joy and live according to it, that we may grow in faith and hope and love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Before I send us out with our benediction, I'd once again like to thank the Children's Ministry for putting on that drive-in movie. That was ridiculously good. Um, and then also I wanted to just go through the verse together. Uh, Proverbs 1.7. Repeat after me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.7 And now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen.